free never sounded so good. The Twins send Sonny Gray to the mound at Target Field today as they try to close out the Blue Jays in Game 2 of their wild card series. Former twin Jose Barrio starts for the Jays. Chiefs and Vikings back in the practice field today as they get ready for Sunday's showdown in Minnesota. Chiefs seeking a fourth win in a row. The NCAA approved a rule change today limiting the number of days student-athletes can enter the transfer portal, shrinking the period from 60 days to 45. I'm Doug Thompson. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studio, with amazing slow-smoked wings and world-famous baby back ribs, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Bottom of the hour, David Kaplan. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy on a weekly basis. Trent will rejoin, get his plays of the day uh, about 10 minutes before 1 o'clock. John Bowenkamp joins me. He, along the rest with the uh, Iowa media, very busy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Iowa Men's Media Day. Uh, football pressers yesterday, Iowa Women's Media Day today, uh, and John recaps it with me. John, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, John Bowenkamp? I'm tired. It's been a busy three days. <laughs> for us old guys, right? Yeah, we have made a media day today. I told him it was cutting into my let's make a deal time, so... Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm awake, so we're, I think we're good. Well, let's go back to Monday. We'll go as the week has, uh, has sure. gone forward. Um... McCaffrey's team, a young team, expectations are low. I guess let's start with some of that youth, John. Um, being uh, that Owen Freeman's a Moline kid, I'm guessing that you covered some of his high school games over the years. Um, how much will he play, do you think? It's a name that seemingly uh, keeps popping up. What do they expect from Owen Freeman? And, and when you've seen him, if you've seen him, uh, what can you tell us? I think he's going to play a lot. And, I mean, he's a big-body guy. He can rebound, and he can defend, and he can score. I mean, he's a scorer, too, but, I mean, he gives them a lot of size in that front court. And Ben Cricky does, too, and I'm sure we'll talk about him. Yep. But that, that group, they, this, is, this is a pretty big inside group right now. And, I mean, you had that last year with Philip Robrach, but when you think about Chris Murray and you think about Patrick McCaffrey, you didn't quite have that, that bulk. And I think you've got that bulk now. With, with these guys, and Lodgie Dembele, too, who I think is going to be one of those guys that maybe we don't see a lot early on, but I think he plays a lot as the season goes on. I think it just gets better. So, I mean, I think they're they're a lot heavier inside. And I think, and then, I mean, obviously the height is there. So I think this is a team that's going to, to be very good at rebounding, and I think that's what you have to be in this league. Well, let's talk about Dembele because he's kind of one of those guys. I know nothing about him other than he's right. another big-bodied kid. What can you tell us about him? I, you know, and Fran has talked about him. I, when I talked to him this summer, he brought it. You know, he was really high on him, and he was really high on him after the after the, the trip to Europe. Um, I, again, a, a really big guy. He he looks. He's got kind of a Tyler Cook look about him. And I, it's it, it's a question of, and, and, and Fran said this the other day, it's a question of getting him to believe in himself. You know, but he said that the, the, the talent is there. You can see the talent is there. He's just got to become more confident. Um, you know, he does have a lot of personality. The guys really like him. Um, but he was kind of an unknown. And he, he's one of these guys that 
I think if he comes out of his shell, he's going to be a really, really good basketball player this year if he can if he can just get that confidence that freshmen sometimes don't have. Uh, ben Cricky, we saw him in the Valley. I mean, one of the better players in the Valley, big guy in the center. Um, he's a scorer, not defensively, maybe not as that committed to that end of the floor. What does McCaffrey expect from Cricky this year and his one and only year I, I, as a Hawkeye? I think it's. I think it is a lot of. I mean, when you look at what Philip Robracha gave them last year, I mean, because Robracha took him a little while to fit in in, in in the year before that, but he was really good last year, and I think Fran wants to see that out of him, and I think he's going to get that out of him, and then some. I mean, because I think he's just a really good scorer inside. He's he's going to be a tough cover, I think, for some teams, and he and and again, going back to the whole size thing, which they've kind of lacked here in the last couple of years. You know, he's a big body guy, but he's an experienced guy. And, you know, when we were talking about the other guys, you know, again, they're freshmen. They haven't played a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he has, and he's played it in a really good league. I mean, we all know how, how the Valley is. Uh, he's, he, the production is there. It, it is going to be a question of, okay, how can he defend? But I think that the, the points and the rebounding are going to be there. Josh Dix is a guy, if I could buy stock in a player, I think it might be him, just based on the fact that, you know, last year he didn't, he, he couldn't prepare for the season, really, right? Coming off the right. injury that he suffered, yet he saw the floor. He certainly didn't look out of place. He's, um, he's a bigger dude, too, right? For a 6'4, six, 6'5 six, kid. What, um, yeah. what are expectations of Dick? Certainly there's a, a step, if not two steps, uh, that he's got to take forward this year. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple of steps he can take. And part of it is, and like he said, he's coming back from an injury, so his summer wasn't you know, very productive going into last season. Now you've had a full year of playing. You've had a healthy summer. You've had a European trip. You're going to see, I think, just a, a, a much better player, a lot more experience, a lot more confidence. You know, going back to the confidence thing I was talking about earlier, I think you're going to see a guy that, that is going to get a lot of minutes because I think he can shoot the ball well. I think he's a decent defender. I, I think he handles the ball well. It's just now. Now he's a year older. A lot more time in the, in the gym that he's gotten, and he's healthy. Are the Sanford brothers similar players, John? From what you know? No, I, I, I think Price is a little bit different. They are a fascinating pair. Um, they, they and, and this came up during the summer, and it came up again the other day at a media day. They really like to go each, go at each other in practice. There's a lot of trash talk, and hmm. um, they're both they're both very competitive. And, you know, and, and, and I asked Fran that when I talked to him in the summer, you know, are they comparable? And he did say there are some differences, but they both have the same kind of drive, that same kind of attitude. And um, I, I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch, especially when they're playing together. I, I think it'll be really interesting to see how they do. A uh, couple more, a uh, couple more. Uh, Brock Harding, one of those other freshmen, right? The question. I mean, yep. we've seen the talent. We we know the the accolades that he gets uh, gets to college with, but he's like 165 pounds. Is he ready for the Big Ten? I you know, I, I that was kind of a question that came up in the summer. Those doubts, I think, have kind of they've kind of gone away a little bit. Now we're going to find out. I mean, once you see him in actual competition. And you see him and all that, but he's a kid that doesn't lack confidence, from what I understand. And there's a lot of talent there. Um, again, how much can he play? You know, depending on on how much he gets knocked around. You know, we're going to find out. But I, I think a lot of the pieces are there for him. 
and I think he's going to be a player that that I think gets better as this year goes on, and I, I think he's just going to be a lot of fun to watch as his career goes on. Let's move from Monday to Tuesday. It was a fo- right. football media opportunity yesterday. Uh, of course, the big news, uh, not unexpected news by any means, is McNamara is going to be lost for the season. Uh, Deacon Hill saw some good things, saw some things that um, you know looked like he was the backup, uh, but now he's right. the guy. What? Uh, and I listened to the press conference yesterday with Deacon Hill, uh, certainly a confident dude. Uh, your thoughts, uh, your takeaways from listening to the new Iowa QB. I, I, I'm going to be curious to see how he handles this week because there is a difference between, you know, he talked about, oh, you know, you got to prepare as if you're going to start. Right. There's a difference between preparing if you're going to start to actually preparing as you are going to start. And um, I, I think we're going to see a different quarterback. I mean, obviously, there's still some things he's got to work on. He hasn't played a lot, obviously, in the last couple of years. Uh, he can throw the ball hard. It's a matter of, okay, now, now can he kind of, take a little bit off that fastball for some of these receivers. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to be really good. And I, and I think it's, it may take him a couple of weeks to really kind of fit into this role. But if he can manage this game and he, can, he doesn't make turnovers and, and just runs the offense, I think he's going to be really good and, and he's going to really fit into that role. The thing that worries me, and it, and, and it, worry, you know, it should worry a lot of people, what's backing him up mm. if something happens mm-hmm. because we saw the other day how quickly that can happen and you know you got joey labus who, who started the music city bowl he's way behind you know kirk said in terms of running things just because he's been injured and then what do you have you know and so that's where that depth i mean i i thought they were you know and i remember i said at the beginning of the year i liked how they were at one and two and even three well now now you got two and three you know mm-hmm. all moved up one so what's there now? So so I, I'm going to really like to see Deacon Hill. I'm going to really like to see how he plays and, and how he handles things on Saturday. Uh, as many f- press conferences you've been to uh, with Kirk Ferentz spoke, uh, understanding Ferentz, uh, did you get the sense that it seems like Caleb Johnson is going to see the field? Is that was that your takeaway? He practiced on Tuesday, you know, and, and I and and I mean, if you're practicing, you're going to play. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, I, I now now how much he plays, I don't know. And I do think it, it has really helped for this this running back group to get some experience here in the last couple of games. I, you know, you don't have to press him in the in the action right away, but I think it would be good just to get him back out there, get him back into a rhythm again for what you've got coming up after this week. Might this be a week where the uh, defense gets after the quarterback and gets him on the ground? I would like to think so. I mean, they need to do that. Yep. I mean, I, and that's the question that, you know that came up the other day, and and uh, you know, and yeah, they're getting what you would call pressure, but they're not getting the sacks. They're not getting the tackles for loss. Um, this, that's something they need to do here. I think you know, for this defense to be as good as it's been, that was one of the things they did last year and the year before that. So you got to really start putting some heat on some of these quarterbacks as you get into some of these bigger games coming up. John, uh, back to the quarterback for just a second. Uh, with McNamara sure. going down, you, you've been around teams that have lost the, their starting quarterback, and you know the season seemingly is can go one of two ways, right? You can keep going on the trajectory that it is. Did you notice the players 
uh, a change of attitude in the players at all, knowing that the the quarterback that they thought that was going to lead them potentially uh, to a Big Ten championship game isn't going to be there? Was there any uh, not downtrodden, not woe was me, but was there? Uh, did you notice a difference with McNamara listening to some of the other players? You know, no, not really. You know, and I, and I mean, you saw that the other night in the game. I, I thought they handled things pretty well the other night. And it's like Kirk said, and, and you know, you just have to move on. As as cold as that sounds, but I mean, you just got to okay. You know, this is the situation we're in now. Now, how are you going to handle this? And I think this is this is a, a fairly veteran group on, on on the offense. And I think they realize, okay, this this is and and now that there is a finality to it, that yep, you know, this yep. is what it's going to be. I think that helps too, rather than you know, how long is he going to be out? Is it going to be two weeks through, so whatever. Now you know. Now you know how to prepare. Now you know what you got. Um, I think they'll be fine, and I do think it helped that he had time with them back in August as the number one when Matt, when Cade was out with his with his quad. Mm, yeah. So I do think that that has helped that adjustment too. A, a very good point. Very good point. All right, let's move on uh, from uh, Tuesday to today and early this morning. Uh, Coach Bluter, uh, then Caitlin Clark, and the rest of the team press conference wise. I guess the talker that came out of it was Caitlin Clark non-committal when it comes to her plans for next year. Um, we know that the NIL money is there for her this year. Uh, there's going to be a cut in pay, you would think, to go to the WNBA, although if she does get to a market uh, that, like a New York or wherever, right, the, those uh, those possibilities will be there. Uh, what do you think? Does, uh, is, is this really um, – does she really go into this year open-minded or does the back of your mind you think she knows that this is it or she's going to come back? I I think she's open minded and 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 I mean if you listen to her today, there was never any hint of I mean she would say things about you know this might be my last year. I think it is just going to come down to when that season ends, and and whatever time you know whenever it ends, and then whatever time she has before she has to make that decision. As she said today, it's just going to come down to her gut feeling. What does she want to do? And to be honest with you. If she had to make the decision right now, I'm not so sure she come. I mean, I'm not so sure she she doesn't go. I I mean, I think she stays if, if that decision would be made right now. Does she... I think she really likes this. I think she really likes this team. I think she really likes. But again, who knows what it'll be like at the end of the year? So um, I think she's just going into this year of let's just see what happens. I do think that she has, knowing her from afar and watching her, and again, I wasn't into it. I caught the fever and, and, and still have it. Uh, do you think uh, that she is, um, does she realize what she's done to the game, what she has meant to the sport, and is she prepared, mm-hmm. I guess, to handle, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on her job wherever she goes, right? Yeah. Is she? I, is her makeup one that, um, that, that she'll be able to handle all of this? I think so, and I think, and I, and, and I mean, you could kind of tell today that, that you know, I mean, like she had her separate press conference right. from everybody else, which I, I thought was a good way to handle. I agree. It. Um, let's let's see how this season goes, um, but I do think she can handle. It. I I think she she has a great support system with her family. You know, I've talked to her dad many times. A, a really nice guy, really good guy. Um, I and and I think I think they've. I think she's got a lot around her to make her grounded and she can handle what comes at her. And because there's going to be a lot and her, every move is going to get scrutinized and, you know, it might even get kind of stupid at times, but 
um, I think she could handle it pretty well. Is this team built to get back? Maybe not as far as they, I mean, they play for national championship after all. Uh, is this team that's got that type of talent again to, to go a long way? Maybe, maybe not get to the final four, but get on the cusp of that or maybe, you know, maybe get to the final four. What's, uh, I, I guess realistic expectations for this team this year? It, in my mind right now, it's a sweet 16 team. Okay. But I think that, but I think if you get some development, if Hannah Stolke takes that next step and, and really fits in now as a starter, if you, you solve your, your problems in the post, and I think Addison O'Grady is going to be really good at that and she's got some good backups there. If you solve that problem, if you get that production you got from Monica Sonano in whoever's in the post, I think this then becomes that team that can get back to where it was last year. But there's some questions they still have to answer. 47,000 tickets gone for the crossover at Kinnick. I saw it today that all the proceeds are being uh, donated to the Children's Hospital, which is unbelievable. Yep. That's great. Yep. 47,000, my God. Yeah. It's, it'll be fantastic to watch. Uh, the, the weather forecast now, I saw today 66 and sunny. Okay. I think if that's what they have, that would be the most, the greatest thing in the world. I think this is going to be a lot of fun, and I, you know, I hope the weather cooperates, yeah. and it'll be it'll be fascinating to watch. Now, last thing for you, let's uh, let's go go to baseball. Dodgers, they are sure. awaiting the winner of the Brewers and the Diamondbacks. I'm guessing you spent most of the day after you got back from the press conferences catching up on baseball yesterday. Brewers, Diamondbacks, who do the who matches up better with the Dodgers in your mind? Uh I mean, I, I, they, they, they beat both of them pretty sound, soundly this year. Okay. But they also didn't face they also didn't face the Brewers' best pitchers more than once. So that that's always that key. You know, yep. you never know. But uh, it both of them to me, I, neither one of them worry me at this point. But you know how I am. So. <laughs> yes, um, yes, we do. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, uh, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Indeed, they will. John Bowenkamp, thanks for doing this, John. Associated Press, HawkeyeNation.com, IowaCollegeHoops.com. Once you get that bad boy rolling again, that site's available covering yep. all the Iowa, uh, state of Iowa basketball teams at IowaCollegeHoops.com. Thanks, John Bowenkamp. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Appreciate thanks. it. Yep, see ya. Good to talk to you. John Bowenkamp. So we catch up on a very busy uh, Hawkeye News Week uh, with uh, with John. All right, uh, it's time for another keyword. Yes, how about claiming this, some of that NIL money? Go to KXNO.com right now. You'll see the pop-up box, which will appear once you log on. Uh, enter the keyword grand. The keyword is grand. Uh, no, it's not. It's check, check, check. I was on the wrong day. The keyword is bank. Bank. At KXNO.com. Bank. KXNO.com. Bank at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Of course, Murph and Andy have them throughout their show. The Drive with Heather and Sean. Likewise, more opportunities to win throughout the day here on KXNO. The keyword is bank. Bank at KXNO.com. Cappy is next. Off to the city of Chicago. We'll, we'll dot eyes on last week's Bears-Broncos. Look forward to tomorrow night's game and uh, recap the season for both the White Sox and the Cubs with Cappy next. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3.com.
Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's get the cap man in here. Off to Chicago, we shall go. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors our weekly conversation with Cap. Cap Ken, Trent's on his way to Target Field for Game 2. So just me, how are you? What's up, Sparkles? You good? Yeah, ready to go here, ready to go. A lot of ground to cover with you uh, and anxious to do it. So let's go back to last week, uh, last Sunday. We'll we'll take a look at tomorrow, uh, Bears and the Commanders, what we can expect. Uh, Cap, I tuned in. I'm a Broncos fan. Uh, I saw Justin Fields. I thought, wow. You know what? Uh, early in the football game, I'm, t- I'm speaking of, I thought, you know what? My, um, uh, my, my belief that Justin Fields was going to make it in this league, I think, is being proven out right in front of my very eyes. Then the fourth quarter happened. Um, your thoughts where Fields is at? Let's start with the quarterback, seeing some good, seeing some bad. Uh, where are you on Justin Fields? Well, to quote my friend Tom Waddle, who he and I and Owen Crutz do, our Felco Bears recap live every Tuesday night. We were doing the show last night, and Tommy said to us, guys, I thought the first three quarters were played on Sunday, and then the fourth quarter was played like a Wednesday. Like, mm-hmm. looks like two different teams. Mm-hmm. Like, what the heck happened? You cannot get strip-sacked for a scooped score. Right. And for people out there that are defending Justin, what do you want him to do? The guy was right there. You are taught two things. In that situation, this is from Olin and Tommy, you are taught do not take a sack there. Get rid of the football. You're also taught late in the game you cannot put the ball on the ground. So in that situation, the rule that applies is eat the football, take the sack, live to fight another day. He tried to get rid of it. It got punched out. They're seven. We're tied. And I thought they're going to lose now. So that's where he was there. Then he got the intentional grounding, can't Mm -hmm. do that. And then he admitted his mistake on the interception that ended it. Uh, Cole Komet correctly identified it as a man-to-man defense. And Justin thought it was a zone. And so he thought Cole was going to find a seam in the zone, sit down, and he was going to find him. Well, there was a guy right there because he wasn't in the zone. He was in man-to-man, so Cole went to try and post him up, that throw has got to be, and Matt Ryan I thought was really good as he talked about it, that throw has to, not maybe, has to be at the right shoulder. He threw it at the left shoulder, right to the defender. See you later. Thanks for coming. Yeah, absolutely. Where's the fan base on Matt Eberflus? Oh, God. (laughs) The, The fan base would pack his stuff for him right now. They want him out. Now, my question is, and again, I did not like to hire the day it was made. Right. I don't understand what he could have said in an interview that he went, that's the guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just so vanilla, and he's got no experience, never been a head coach. Right. He's terrible at the podium. Again, if you win football games, no one cares what you're like at the podium. I get it. But I don't know one redeeming quality other than he's a really nice, quality human being. As a football coach? He's as pedestrian as they come. So I don't understand why they went down that road and hired him. But the fan base, they want him out a week ago. 
Cap, I mistakenly thought that Bears fans were going to see baby steps this year. Didn't think that they were going to get anywhere this year, but thought that they... I told you no. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) You're right. Not seeing them. Now, I guess the saving grace is, is, I mean, right now you have the first and second overall pick in the draft, but what what would, um, going forward, what what do Bears fans, because the season's, I hate to say it, it's over. They're not going anywhere. What uh, What would placate them from now? What do they want to see? Uh, I think now that it's obvious you're not going to the playoffs and you probably aren't going to win five football games, I think they, A, want to see is Justin the guy or not. Mm-hmm. For me, that's the only thing worth watching. Right. It is. At the end of the season, after 17 games, you have to know he is or he isn't. There can be no gray area. It cannot be, well, I think he's the guy. Nope, because then you got to pay him. Right. Or I don't think he's the guy, and then he goes somewhere else, and he's an all-pro. And you're like, oh, my God, we had that guy in our building. Hmm. So you have to stick with him through thick and thin, and hopefully he stays healthy, and you figure out yes or no, because it's going to be a generational quarterback class mm-hmm. from uh, Caleb Williams to Drake May to J.J. McCarthy yep to Michael Penix, and there'll be somebody that will explode on the scene, and you'll be like, okay, we got to take that guy. So well, can you imagine having the number one or two pick and mm. Fields is the guy? Mm-mm. Well, now you could trade out of one and out of two, mm-hmm. get multiple ones. That's how you turn a franchise around. But if you miss on the quarterback, you're screwed. Yeah, absolutely. So what do we expect to see tomorrow night? I think the line's hovering about five and a half, six. That's Washington's favorite over the Bears. Bears on a short week. Washington, I thought that Rivera should have gone for two against uh, against the Eagles. Thought they left an opportunity on the field. They Their quarterback seems to be hey, somebody you can work with And Sam Howard. What do you expect to see tomorrow night? I think the Bears will compete. I do. I do think they play hard for Eberflus. I don't think you're seeing a team quit at all. I just don't think they they're very good. And I think they're going into a situation that is really really difficult because Deron Payne and Chase Young and Montez Sweat, like their their dudes up front are way better than our dudes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a real real issue uh, how you battle and how you compete with those particular guys. Can they keep it close? Maybe. I thought the first three quarters, Justin was really good. So if he plays that way tomorrow night, but I'm just not sure that that pass rush of Washington isn't going to disrupt the game and their run defense. Let's throw some dirt on both of the baseball teams as their season is over. We'll start with the White Sox, who inexplicably lost over 100 ball games. I didn't see that coming, Cap. I really didn't. What went wrong, and and is this a quick fix for the White Sox? Can they do something this offseason, whereas, you know, this time next uh, March, April roll around and hope springs eternal? Will it for the White Sox? What can they do? Boy, unless they're willing to spend money, and I keep hearing they're not, I don't think you can turn it quickly. Now, you're not in a good division, right? but where's your pitching coming from? Like, who's who's in your rotation? Got Dylan Cease. Who's in that after that? Mm. I don't know. Is it Tukey Toussaint? Is it Jose Urena? Is it uh, Jesse Schulten? Like, that, that Clevenger, are you picking his option up? I just don't know how they're going to have enough starting pitching to be that competitive. 
there is some talent on the roster, whether that's Luis Robert or Aloy Jimenez. You pick up $14 million option on Tim Anderson. Not Eesh. sure I would do that unless yeah. I could trade him. I'm not sure I want him back. Andrew Vaughn was the third pick in the draft. He's got to be better. Yep. So there's a lot that has to get fixed. All right, let's go to the north side where the I mean they collapsed down the stretch. Did they overachieve cap? Is that you know, when you look back on it, was this a team that probably finished where they should, maybe a five hundred ball club? Um your thoughts, how would you how would you characterize the Cubs uh twenty three season? Uh well look, I thought Jed Hoyer had a great day yesterday. I think he's the single best executive in Chicago sports right now. And I thought when he said Look, when you fall short, you did not have a successful season. So those people out there, well, they made progress. Sure, there's some nice things that you can build upon, but you failed. They ran out of gas. And as I told you last week, the bullpen ran out of gas because management did a lousy job, A, constructing it, and B, adding on to it. That's why. Otherwise, they're playing yesterday and today. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate. It is what it is. I keep hearing they want Pete Alonzo or go out and trade for Juan Soto and get Bellinger back. So you have to add, A, some star power. They don't have a star. And you have to add some sock to that lineup. You don't have enough power in the lineup. Say a Suzuki, go back and check month of August and September. He had an yep. OPS north of 1,000 one month and north of 1,100 the other. So they have pieces. They need more starting pitching. They've got to fix the bullpen. Are you getting Bellinger back? I'm not sure. Jed said they had a long talk. He loved it here, and they'd like to have him back. But that doesn't mean anything. Right. And who's playing third base for you? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, speaking of running out of gas, was that what uh, ailed Dansby Swanson down down the stretch? I, I'm a Swanson guy. He's a terrific shortstop, fielding shortstop. He's going to hit 20 home runs most years. But, Cap, he had nothing down the stretch. No, he was done, and he had gone to Ross to do not rest me till we clinch the playoff spot, mm. and they never did. So, Bleacher Nation, great Cubs follow, Michael Cerami. He tweeted, Dansby had a fantastic season, a five-war player, and I wrote back, Michael, stop with he had a fantastic season. He hit 248. He wilted down the stretch. He was horrible late August and September. Five-war player because he's really good defensively? Yes. he's an. I love that he's our shortstop. He should be your seven-hole hitter, not your, at whatever point this season, he hit three, four, and five. That's not who he is. He's a really good player. He's not a star. Is Kyle Hendricks a Cub next year? Yes. 100%. 100%. Does he pick do... up the option? Okay. And I think they may extend him okay. a little bit. I could see them saying, hey, how about we add two years to your deal? That's what I could see happening. Uh, and, and, and Kyle wants to stay, and that would, uh, that would placate both parties? Yeah, for sure they'll pick up his option. Yeah. So, yeah, I, there's no way he's not here next year. That would stun me. So you'll have Steele, Strowman, Hendricks. Stroman, I would be shocked if he opted out. Right. Uh, Tyon? Jordan Wicks. Yep. Tyon, Jordan Wicks. Yep. That's five. That's good. Right there. Cade Horton is coming quick. Mm-hmm. He'll be here next year. That's six. Smiley has another year on his deal. He'll be a bullpen slash spot starter. That's seven. And Jed wants to add a starter, like a high end starter. Hmm. So 
Let's see. I think they were hoping Stroman opts out. I'll be shocked if he does. Wisniewski's, where, where's Hayden Wisniewski? I think he is part of your bullpen or he's part of a trade. Okay. I think he could get moved if you're going to get Pete Alonzo, for example. Like, Pete Alonzo has one year left on his deal. So, to get Pete Alonzo, you don't have to give up Cade Horton or Pete Crow Armstrong. He's got one year left, and you got to take all the money. He made $14 million this year and hit, what, 46 bombs? Right. 38 bombs, whatever he yep, hit. Yep. So, you're going to have to pay him. You're going to want to sign him to an extension. You're going to have to give them something. Chris Morrell and... Hayden Wisniewski, does that get that done? Maybe another prospect. They're not giving up Horton, Armstrong, or Matt Shaw. Those three guys, in my word, world, are untouchable. Uh, three names. Um, are Is Patrick Wisdom a Cub next year? No. Is Mike Talkman a Cub next year? I'll say yes as a reserve. Miles Mastroboni, where is he next no. year? He's gone? Okay. Um, what? what Unless you want to just a back end of the bench guy. Yeah. Uh, Candelario, there's another one. Um, I mean, he's got some no. versatility. No no go on him. All right. I mean, is he your everyday third baseman? He's not going to be your everyday first baseman. He's got to play third if he's anywhere, right? Right. And he, had a, he did not play well here. Mm-hmm. He just didn't. Mm-hmm. So I think you got to upgrade there, me personally. Uh, last thing for you. you got a minute left, and Condon's not here to give me the eyeballs when I bring up uh, Connor Bedard, um, who is going to – I think, Cap, you know, I was I was kind of unsure what kind of year he was going to have. He's so small, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is a man's league. He's 18 years old. He's the next, Cap. He's the next in a long line of generational talent. He's a Blackhawk. What kind of year, what kind of expectations on, on the number one pick, uh, Connor Bedard? Unrealistic and yeah. really, really awesome. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. I'm excited to watch him. Next week, they open up with Pittsburgh. And yep. Pittsburgh. I can't wait to watch him. Let me ask you one question. Okay. What are you more excited about this winter? Watching the Bulls, the Blackhawks, or what the Cubs do in the offseason. <laughs> Jeez. Well, <laughs> my Canadian roots lead me to hockey, um, but the but the, the Cubs offseason is going to be fascinating because they move the needle here, and Trent and I love baseball, and it's a long slog from the time they cut down the nets until there's uh, college football media days. Um, that's a really good question. Bulls would be third. Maybe Connor Bedard by an inch just because I'm a Canadian, but the, but the Cubs offseason is going to be fascinating. What's the answer in Chicago? Uh, we're asking that tomorrow. I think the answer is going to be Bedard, but for me, it's the Cubs offseason. Well, that's your squad, and you've been very forward with that since I've known you. So, going to be fun, yep. anyways. Cap, have a wonderful week. Talk to you next week. Thank you, David Kaplan. You too. Have a great day. See you, buddy. Good to talk to you. David Kaplan uh, joining us each and every week. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes that possible. Centurion Stone of Ivy Project. Stone veneer inside, outside. They're pros over there. They really are. They're good folks. Uh, Justin Luce, Joe Farron, the team over there. Check them out online. CenturionStoneofIowa.com. Centurion Stone of Iowa. Showroom 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Once you get to that point, stop by the showroom. You'll be glad that you did. We will reconnect with Trent, get his plays of the day uh, as we inch our way towards baseball. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. It agent with the Misty Solwich Home Selling Team. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes. 
On a Wednesday, thank you, Andrew Downs, for uh, stepping in here for Trent so he could go see his twins take on my Jays. Get to that in a second. Trent, uh, uh, the NCAA, day late, dollar short, uh, they're finally going to re-examine the punishment uh, that uh, awaits athletes if they're caught wagering on sports. Um, it, it's going to be, it, it, it's going to move what laws or what rules were in place prior to the overturning of PASPA into today's era where there's, what, 38, 39, whatever it is now, sport, uh, states that offer sports wagering. And what does that mean? The first offense does not uh, eliminate, or will rather eliminate uh, the fact that players can be withheld from competition, regardless of how much money they bet, assuming that they didn't bet on or against their own team. So they're softening the punishment. It needed to be done. It's unfortunate for all that are caught up in this in this state uh, that they that it's a knee-jerk reaction. Instead of being proactive, they're reacting. But here we are. Good to hear. And, yeah, that's the first that I have heard of that. But as we talked about a ton this summer, this is something that needed to happen. And the NCAA... So it took them a while to get to this point, and even after they reconfigured the rules and tried to figure it out, it's something that obviously makes a whole lot of sense. You bet on your team, you bet against your team, absolutely. Punishment needs to fit that one. But for a kid, a college football player betting on an NBA game to have their season and sometimes their career come to a close, it didn't make a lick of sense. And happy that they got there. Unfortunately, I was the test case, the state yep. that has to be the one that has to be the one that obviously has some guys that are punished, but... Ultimately, we got to the place that it should be from the NCAA, which isn't always the case with the NCAA. No, absolutely isn't. Uh, we'd love to be able to get this done in time for Shannon and some of the other guys to maybe mm-hmm. uh, you know play some this year. But you know how the NCAA—they're they're talking yeah, about it. What does this feet. mean, right? Uh, let's make some plays, Trent. There are four baseball games. Any of them catch your attention? How'd you do in your player props yesterday? By the way. Awful. It was brutal. Yeah, okay. I'm staying away from that garbage. Yeah, don't do not do things that you don't know. And yeah, the player pops uh, came up empty yesterday on that one. So we're going back to the well. I mentioned I really do like the raise in a bounce back spot. And make sure you're looking at price at Circa. You're going to get about a 20 cent difference in the price laying the number with the Jays here. I'm going to ladder it, though. You remember me talking about laddering in yep. golf a lot where you pick a guy to win, you pick him top five, top 10, top 20. I'm going to ladder this raise game as well. Take them on the money line. We'll play 1.40 units, minus 140 to win one. We're also going to play minus one and a half, which is about plus 150 right now at Circa. And I'm even going to lay two and a half with the Rays here in a big blowout. Mm. And you get almost plus 250 on that one. So three separate plays on the Rays today as we're going to ladder that one together. And it's the emotional hedge. I'm up here in Minneapolis. I'm getting ready for the game. You know me. <laughs> I am a tortured sports fan. So give me the Blue Jays and the plus money here. And uh, if the Twins win, I'll make that... Long drive home a little bit better, at least knowing I got a little extra money in my account. All right, good stuff. Enjoy the game here today. What? Uh, where are you sitting? Good seats, upper deck, where are you at? I'm going to be down the left side, third base line, about maybe two sections away from into left field from third base. So I think it's 122, something like that section. But lower. Uh, about 10 rows up. Yeah, so pretty good seats. Uh, looking forward to it. And I just realized, you know, this is my first time at Target Field since before the pandemic. It's crazy how long it's been since I've been able to make it up here. And that kids kind of throw a wrench into things from time to time. I'm looking at a couple of my single buddies that I'm going to the game with right now, and they're just smiling at me. A little bit different when you got the Drive kids, but... safely, Trent. We're out of time, brother. We'll talk to you right. more. Enjoy the game. See you.